Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's essential that people adopt the Presto card. I know many have, but we need more too so they can take advantage of the two-hour time-based transfer. And it's important that our residents do that because what we're trying to do with this is to make transit more affordable. All right, well, that was uh, the chair of the TTC who was suggesting the Presto card was a a wonderful development. Now it turns out we (laughs) have heard that malfunctioning Presto cards have resulted in 1.4 million free rides across the system over uh, two of the last years. Well, 2016 and 17 anyway. 580,000 trips without paying in 2016. That was up to 865,000 in 2017. Outrageous leakage. Let's find out what the deal is here. Metrolinx uh, has been billed by the TTC, but they're ignoring that. And so uh, we're at a standoff, I guess. Steve Monroe is a transit expert and advocate, and he's joined us on the line to uh, tell us how this may play out. Steve, good to have you back on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you surprised that uh, there are malfunctions with Presto? Uh, I'm not surprised at all because this has been pretty obvious to anybody who uses the TTC and you know watches the Presto devices not working for quite some time. Uh, there's a lot of finger pointing going on between the TTC and Metrolinx. Uh, one one basic issue is the you know Metrolinx likes to say, well, the TTC's requirements were too complicated, and the TTC says you signed a contract that said you would meet our requirements. So, uh, unfortunately, that contract's not public, so we don't know exactly what the details are. Uh, anyone who writes the system knows that it is fairly common still to encounter uh, fare machines that are not working in various places. And there's a bit of a a cop-out that's used, and that's actually by both the TTC and Metrolinks, who say, well, you know, there's always another fare machine on the vehicle you can use. Well, that's true, provided you can physically get to it, which in the rush hour is not always the case. Uh, I've seen several people who just give up trying to pay their fare because, you know, the machine they try to use isn't working and they can't get near another one. Uh, In the subway, of course, the common thing we see is turnstiles that are stuck open. Uh, Now, this is where we get into some territorial stuff because the turnstiles technically are the TTC's responsibility while the fare system is Metrolink's responsibility. Mm -hmm. So the question is, is the turnstile stuck open, got anything to do with Presto or not? Probably not. There have been... Uh, mechanical problems with the uh, with the new fare gates, but that's a TTC problem. But that doesn't prevent people from swanning into the station and not paying, particularly at the automatic entrances where there's nobody minding the store to see whether you know whether you're tapping in, even though there's a wide open gate sitting there. Right. Well, the issue is foregone revenue, right? And yeah. it's uh, like four point two million dollars, and the TTC sent the bill to Metrolinks. Metrolinks says, uh, "No, we're not paying it." Yeah. Well, Metro. I, uh, Metrolinks really needs to be a little more forthcoming in why they say, quote-unquote, they're not paying.
paying it. Uh, my understanding is that the way that Metrolinx keeps track of whether a machine is working is, you know, they're all, um, all of the fare machines talk over the internet by wireless, you know, to call home in effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and Metrolinx tests to see whether they can reach all of their machines. And if the machine talks to them, they say, well, it's working. Well, it is quite common to see a machine, in effect, the lights are on, but nobody's home. So just because the machine says, I'm here, doesn't mean it's actually actively accepting fares. And frankly, I think Metrolinx should, and the TTC should be able to figure out the details of which machines are really not working simply by looking at the transaction history. And if you've got a machine where nobody's paid a fare on it for a long time, that's a pretty good indication it's not really doing anything. Well, then who's in charge of maintenance and who uh, has to pick up the tab for that? Oh, this, this gets even more complicated because the way this, this system was set up, uh, you have to remember that Presto, other than on the TTC, is a relatively small system because it handles Go Transit trains and buses, and it handles the 905 bus systems. None of which, I mean, all of them put together is are tiny compared to the size of the TTC. And so, given that Presto didn't have a workforce who were basically sort of like the, well, they would like to think of themselves as the Maytag repairman, just, you know, waiting for someone to call, they don't have enough people. And so the TTC is doing the first line maintenance, you know, basically go and look at it, kick it, <laughs> see, see if we can get it back on the air without having to, having to call Presto. But um, the, the result is that, again, it's, it's a split jurisdiction on the maintenance with TTC doing the, the you know, the sort of the first hit and then Metrolinx picking up the rear. Yeah, and uh, the costs are increasing too from what they were originally projected to be, aren't they? Uh, well, they're, they're increasing on two counts. Um, one is that uh, the implementation cost to Metrolinx is, is higher than was originally budgeted. That was, this was information that came out quite some time ago um, because Metrolinx itself is having problems with implementing Presto. So for them to say, oh, you know, all this sweetness and light is, is a bit disingenuous given they've got their own problems with it. Um, From the TTC's point of view, um, there's the fare leakage, which we know about. There's also the cost of maintaining two parallel fare systems and, and, you know, all of the cost. Mm. They still have to have people collecting fares, and they've got to have people, you know, there's there's all the card readers for... Metro passes and, and the, the transition away from the legacy fares was supposed to have basically been done by now, uh, and it's another year before it'll be it'll be fully converted. So there's a cost there. Uh, one of the costs that was particularly galling, and it's funny that you started off with the uh, the business about the uh, the two-hour transfer, which is coming at the end of August. Mm-hmm. There are two-hour transfers already in place on Presto all around the GTHA. That's the way everybody else's fare system, but ours has been working. But Presto is billing the TTC $5 million to implement functionality that's already there on the TTC system. So I can't help thinking that basically it's, it's Metrolinx knows they've got the TTC over a barrel because TTC is basically got to do anything the province tells them to do. And they're saying, oh, we got all these costs to change your system. Well, wait just a minute, guys. That functionality was already there. And in fact, when Presto was first rolled out on the TTC, a lot of people noticed that that's how it was behaving until they turned all the, the, the attempts at matching the TTC's transfer rules on. So... I just think that's a revenue grab by Metrolinx and Presto to cover off some of their costs and then get the TTC to pay for it. Hmm. 
Well, uh, again, foregone fares, 1.4 million free rides. Again, Steve Monroe is with us, Toronto Transit Advocate. On the matter of uh, the TTC having to pick up the tab on other instances, uh, Bombardier in this contract that was signed uh, way back when, and uh, all the cars were to have been delivered, 204, I guess, uh, by the end of this year. That's been put off because... They say that uh, there have been numerous complaints with the company's handling of quality notifications if things are damaged and so on and so forth. Bombardier, the allegation goes anyway, is kind of uh, turning a willful blind eye, just sending the product back on to Toronto. Toronto has to fix it and so on and so forth. It's turned into a real boondoggle, hasn't it? Um, I'm not sure boondoggle is is quite the word, uh, but it certainly does not. Uh, I mean, this project has had so many problems and there has been... As with Presto, uh, there has been a political imperative to try to paint it in the best possible light because nobody likes to be involved in a project that's screwed up. Um, so the, that I think these are this is a situation in the same business that we learned recently about uh, some of the cars having to go back to Bombardier over the next four years for repairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there had been a lot more openness about the teething problems of the cars as we went along, it wouldn't be received quite as badly. I mean, let's face it, the, the, TT, the last batch of this, the last few batches of subway cars the TTC got, they had problems with. This is, this is nothing un, unusual for new vehicles. But in this case, there seems to be a real problem. Bombardier definitely had more manufacturing problems than they normally do, in part because they split up their operation to do some of the work uh, in Mexico, and the quality control down there, frankly, wasn't up to snuff, um, whereas previously they were building the cars pretty much completely in Thunder Bay. So there's, there's, there's an issue with Bombardier's credibility, which, of course, was also happening at the same time that Bombardier was fighting for its life because of its, its problems in the aircraft industry. So right. you got to remember how those two yep, the C all, series, you're right. all fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and f- uh, from Toronto's point of view, they just want streetcars, please. Uh, we're, we're desperately short of cars around the system. There's some routes running with buses that should have streetcars on them. There's service that should be out there just in terms of the amount of service that isn't there because we don't have enough vehicles. Um, well, yeah, we've got 86 in service. We're supposed to get the full contingent of 204 by the end of 2019. Sure, and so we're, we're basically making do with the old cars that the TTC can still keep working, right. which is relatively easy to do when the weather's good, but we know from past experience that if we have a cold winter, they kind of shiver and die in the yard, and, and service is not all that good. And I think the TTC is really, really hoping that Bombardier... Uh, achieves the increase in production rate. Well, what they're saying, though, is they're also compromising sometimes on uh, quality control and just trying to ship as quickly as they can to fulfill. So they can say, we've delivered them. Correct. Now, the cars get here. They don't go into service until they've been fixed. So it's not a question of... of, In the TTC yard. Yeah, but they're sitting in the TTC yard. Now, there are... Uh, 86 is about right for now. I think 86 is the one of the yeah. highest numbered cars that's actually well, in Well, it's, sh- it's far short of the 204 that we're it's anticipating. Far, far short of the Stevie, i got to let you go on that note. I appreciate you joining us. You're welcome. Always a pleasure. Steve okay. Monroe is an author and Toronto Transit advocate. We'll come back. We'll continue on with open lines on the matter of Doug Ford and uh, his having maybe, uh, they're saying, uh, imposed this diktat on the city of uh, Toronto when it comes to the number of councillors. We'll pick up on that in just a moment here on the Oakley Show. Global News Radio 640 Toronto.